0: presented by 3m the official science partner of the minnesota vikings
1: what's going on and welcome to the audible presented by 3m my name is gabe henderson i'm alongside tatum everett and uh, it is episode eight of the show and uh, we have the bookends of the minnesota moving company who protect number eight my guys christian derisaw and brian o'neill fellas thank you for joining today this is a homecoming for both of you guys especially you christian you grew up uh, five miles from FedEx Field. Brian, you grew up uh, less than two hours from FedEx Field. W- what are the emotions going into,
2: you know, going down south and going into a, a game where you know it's gonna be a lot of family there? Uh, for me, it was a lot of emotions um, once I get back there on Sunday. Youth League football, um, we used to practice like right behind FedEx Field. And it's always like a dream, just like wanting to play in it, um, going to games watching uh, like Jason Campbell, Clinton Porter, Santana Moss. You want to be in their shoes one day and finally be able to play in that stadium, Virginia come true.
3: Yeah, it's pretty cool. Anytime, you know, you're going
2: to have a lot of family there,
3: about an hour and a half from where I grew up. So I'll have a lot of people from my hometown there. So Um, I'm excited, it'll be fun. Hopefully we can put on a show and get a win
0: how many ticket requests did you feel the last week
3: this week i actually had none oh, no. everybody <laughs> wanted to get better seats than i guess yeah. that would give us on the
2: road so they said we don't want your tickets this week we'll okay. get them on our own so that's fair it was a pretty You'd- easy week I'm about the same way yeah yeah like my whole side of family uh, i only had to get like 10 tickets from my friends okay yeah, other than that family covered it on their own yeah
1: baltimore when we play the ravens that's a little closer for you for home Did was the, the ticket request pretty outlandish then
3: yeah baltimore's a lot and then philly's probably the most Okay, I grew up about 30 minutes south of Philly, so Philly's the worst. Baltimore is up there, and I'm <laughs> sure this one, this one seemed to be all right so far.
0: <laughs> you were, like, right in the middle of a bunch of pro teams. I mean, did that help, I guess, maybe grow your fandom or your love of the game?
3: Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it always seemed like, you know, those games were always around the area. New York was pretty close, so I always grew up seeing it and always wanted to be in the NFL one day, and here we are.
1: Man, uh, before we get to two truths and a lie, uh, CD, you just named off, like, 10, 12 Commanders players that, well, Washington players, I used to play for the organization. Did you grow up a Washington fan?
2: Uh, no, nah, I close? grew up an Eagles fan. Uh, okay. My mom's from Philadelphia. Okay. Uh, I always was in Philadelphia for, like, all the holidays and things like that. So uh, I was a more of a Eagles fan than Commanders. Man, that's a lot of hate in that family. Yeah, <laughs> it was a lot of
1: tension for sure, no doubt. All right, well, we're going to uh, start this show off with the, with the icebreaker. We got two cards in front of you guys. Fans who have watched the show know that we start this thing off with two truths and a lie. Uh, Christian, we're gonna start off with you. So you'll read three sentences. Brian, it's up to you to figure out which two are true and which one is a lie.
2: First one, Kirk Cousins named me Crime Dog because I was a first baseman for my little league team. Second one, a nickname my mom gave me growing up was a gentle giant. And the third one, I was a 71st overall recruit coming out of high school.
3: I don't think you were rated
2: 71st overall coming out of high school.
3: You went to prep school, yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah there's no way number seventy-one in the country. <laughs> you, you got
1: it. You got it. Man, what you were a two-star recruit going into Fort Union to mm-hmm. prep school and you you left being a four star recruit. What, what what was the motivation of being under
2: recruited? Uh really just like all the like college coaches telling me that they were gonna offer me at some point um, during my hot, like my senior year and no offer fell through other than Virginia Tech. And they kinda put that plan in place for me to go to Fort Union and everything worked out and I early in the road that spring. And the rest is history, man.
0: And your mom, Gentle Giant, yep. Kirk, <laughs>
2: Crime, Crime Dog. Crime Dog. <laughs> I
0: mean, the, the nicknames keep coming. Do you yep. got you got a favorite one out of all of the ones that I guess have evolved over your time?
2: I'll probably say Crime Dog for sure, because uh, it came from Kirk. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. Kind of say to me, I like it. Did Big you know? Dog. Big yeah. Dog CD. That's what you call him. Big Dog, dog CD. Name. Yeah. All everybody. <laughs> yeah. Man, did you know who Fred McGriff was, the crime dog? Oh, so like, it was just like he called me the crime dog one day. and I was like, who is that? He pulled up his phone, uh, did a little research, showed me, and I know who he is now. Typical Kirk fashion. Right. I love it. I
3: love it. <laughs> On all you, right. you, First one, I accepted my football scholarship to the University of Pittsburgh while at a high school basketball camp at Pitt. Second one, I dressed up as Woody from Toy Story for Halloween this year. And the third one is I ran the fastest 40 time at the 2018 NFL Combine among all offensive tackles. You
1: can dress up as Woody this year. He was Light Lightyear. Hey. Nice.
0: Yeah.
1: It's like y'all work. It's like y'all, like, I guess, work out in the same room and, and do a lot of, spend a lot of time together. Our lockers are next to each other. <laughs> <laughs> we spend all day together every day.
3: Thanks. Our seats on the plane are next to each other. Yeah.
0: I mean, how, how does that develop the relationship? Because obviously you guys didn't choose to be in the positions you're in so how does that relationship evolve over time then
3: i mean i think it kind of happens naturally just with the nature of how much time we spend together Mm -hmm. Um, obviously we both play offensive tackle and um, so we do a lot of things in the room together on individual drills of practice and you know hopefully we can do it for a
1: long time and continue to build it i want to before we stay there i got to ask about the the pit accepting the scholarship while at a basketball camp to the school that you were at you got to explain that story I had an offer from Pitt and I knew I was gonna go there, but my high school basketball team
3: at the time went to a team camp, Okay. team basketball camp at Pitt. So we all drove out and did like a week long sleepaway camp. And the last day, me and my two basketball coaches drove over to the football office and then <laughs> I committed there that day. That wow. must
0: have been pretty cool to do it in person. I don't think many that happens too often unless you're on like yeah. an official visit, right? Yeah, it
3: was pretty cool. There wasn't like a ton of fanfare. I was just in the office with the coach <laughs> and I told him like, yeah, I'm coming, so. <laughs> Let's do this.
0: And I got, I got to talk to you a little bit about the Buzz Lightyear costume, because I think it caught a little, a little bit of traction on Twitter with the animated movie yeah. looking a little bit like you. Is, yeah. is that why you leaned in so much?
3: Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, everybody all year has been telling me I look like him. <laughs> so it was kind of an easy choice for me. Uh, Jonathan Bullard only calls me Buzz really so i'll see him what's up buzz it works i guess yeah. i'll roll with it
1: <laughs> so you just had to embrace it at that point yeah yeah, yeah. You
3: got it i got that one i've gotten mr
1: incredible before okay so it was between those two probably understanding that you can have a little bit of fun while playing football how, how important is that when you, you you need to build that team chemistry
3: i mean at the end of the day it's people doing a job if people feel good about the job they're doing and feel good about being around each other you'd like to think they're going to do it at a high level. What we do is really hard day in and day out. You know, Over the course of a season, it's really difficult. And if you can enjoy it and have fun and enjoy the guys you're around, it's going to make it a lot easier, and I think you're going to see a lot better
2: performances.
0: Christian, how would you rate the amount of fun you're having right now in your second year on this win streak?
2: Uh, a lot of fun. Um, when you're winning, you can't complain at all. And I feel like us in the locker room, we're a really tight group. And there's nobody who, who thinks they're above each other. So we all get along very well. And while we're winning, we're having fun with it too. I'm going to get you to
1: answer this question about Christian, Brian. How have you seen, because you always hear about people saying, you know, the biggest jump in a person's career is from year one to year two. How have you seen him grow from year one to year two in Christian Dersa?
3: I mean, you just put on the tape and watch <laughs> what he's doing to people. I mean, he it makes crazy. it look easy most of the time, to be honest. Um, and he's out there. He's relaxed. He's playing confident. He's himself. Um, and he knows that people can't beat him, and he's going to continue to do it.
0: What have you learned from Brian in a sense that maybe helped you make the leap from year one to year two as well?
2: Uh, just, watching, really just watching him on film. Um, he's, a, he's a leader in our room, uh, so he keeps us all level-headed uh, throughout the game and whatnot. So um, just watching just like tape and seeing like the little things that he does and, and picking apart his game. Um, and I feel like I do that for any tackles in the league um, who's, who's a dominant tackle and trying to implement it in my game.
0: What is something he does? that you think maybe people aren't seeing on tape that impresses you the most?
2: Uh, really, it's pass pro. Uh, he has great feet uh, and hands. I really feel like that's really like, the hardest thing for us is pass protection, especially for tackles because we're on the island for a mm-hmm. majority of the game. And uh, it's like his quickness, his feet work, and his hands is uh, yeah. it's like perfection. <laughs> and understanding that, right, because usually the, the
1: only, it's a, stat, it's a numbers-based business, right, is there a, a, a stat or one thing that you guys, you know, focus in on that that really means a lot to an offensive tackle.
2: <laughs> I mean, you're really not trying to give up any like sacks, pressures, okay. or, or QB hits. So I feel like that's probably the, the biggest thing that we're trying to focus on. Um, and we have low amount of numbers on those. Uh, you had a clean game.
3: Low amount of numbers on the stat sheet, and also over 150 rushing. Mm. Uh, we want to run the rock. Mm-hmm. We talk about protection. That's you know what you get paid to do at the end of the day. Is can you strap strap it down in protection? But we like running the rock and we want to keep doing it at a high level.
0: You're coming off your best rushing game as a team uh against Arizona on Sunday. What what did, what changed? I know there was an emphasis over the bye to establish the run more, but what changed that made it more effective that week?
3: Well, I think we executed better to be <laughs> honest, like <laughs> I mean, that's fair. Our blocks were better, but we had some open <laughs> communication with our coaches about, you know, this is something we want to emphasize and these are the plays that, like these are certain things we've done and we like to do. These are our, kind of our favorite runs that we've had so far and they were receptive and, you know, it's a work in progress with both us and them and them and us. So uh, we'll continue, you know, to communicate with them and they'll continue to communicate with us and keep it rolling.
1: You talked about your favorite play. Um, I'm going to ask both of you guys this question. If, if we could score on one play and Kevin Ocano said, okay, this is the entire playbook. You could pick one play that we could score a touchdown on every single time. What one play would it be and why?
3: Probably QB sneak
1: from the the three-yard line. Third and goal from the one. Bears lead 22-21, two and a half minutes to go. Cousins on a sneak.
3: And what are we doing?
1: Yes, touchdown. Kirk on the sneak for a rushing touchdown. Why is that? Uh, because it's
3: just us against them. And okay. it's just who can who wants it more for three yards. And I'd like I'd like to think I'll take our group over anybody else's in that.
0: C D
2: he went with the run, so I'm gonna probably go back with a drop back play action pass. Okay, uh, so a deep stop to JJ. Play action, Kirk, back
1: to pass. He'll throw right. Look at that! Jefferson uncovered, 2015 10 dances to the right to the
2: Yeah, any touchdowns
3: that are long
2: touchdowns <laughs> yeah. are good. A deep shot. Oh uh, yeah. So so a quick hitter down the field yeah. for sure.
3: First couple of games we had 10, 12, 13, 14, play 15 play drives. Yeah. We we're like, we need one bomb. <laughs> Get off the field quickly.
2: Yeah. So
0: well it's interesting you brought up though that you have these open lines of communication with your coaches that you can talk about your favorite plays or what you want to see. Has that always been the case for you guys or what has changed this year that's made that better for you?
3: Um, I think it's different year to year, you know, coach to coach, system to system. But, you know, since they got here in the spring, they've been receptive to our thoughts on things. And we feel comfortable enough with them to tell them, hey, well, this is the stuff we like. This is the stuff that, you know, we think will work.
1: I love that. Um, when we come back from the break, I want to dive a little bit deeper into that question because uh, I asked Kevin O'Connell a specific question about, Lyman and how their jobs have changed how you guys jobs have changed from last year to this year and how that has affected the six and one team so when we get back from the break we'll be back right back with more with christian darisar and brian o'neill
0: stay tuned for more of the audible presented by 3m the official science partner of the minnesota vikings feel to the roof and everywhere in between. 3M, the official science partner of the Minnesota Vikings, is here. Visit vikings.com backslash Science to learn more.
1: We are back. This is the Audible presented by 3M. I'm Gabe Henderson. That's Tatum Everett. Christian Derisaw is to her left, along with Brian O'Neill. And uh, fellas, we were talking about Uh, Just some of the things that have changed in this new offensive line. And uh, I guess some of the schemes, I'll put it that way. Uh, We knew going into this season, uh, we're going to run a lot of 11 personnel, which is, you know, one tight end and one running back on the field. And I remember asking Kevin O'Connell earlier this year, I was like, hey, now that we're going to get the ball out of our hands, the quarterback's going to get the ball out of his hands a little bit quicker. Does that make the job easier for offensive linemen, understanding that he doesn't have to, you know, pass protect a lot? This was a naive question. And it was like no like our offense makes it actually tougher on offensive linemen why do you guys think that is the case i think we're a lot less predictable than we were last year um you know on
3: offense felt sometimes last year we were run run first yeah. and second down pass and third down it's not necessarily the case now so it might be more unpredictable for the defense but we might be asked to pony up and pass protection a little bit more we might throw the ball around but i think when we're going to get into these high if we get into some high scoring games some shootouts We'll be better prepared to you know go
2: have to light up the scoreboard if we need to
0: and coach cooper's talked a lot about creating this pro pocket what all does that in t- does that take
2: uh really it's just all of us being on the same page um and it starts with garrett uh id the fronts and, and identifying the mics that were uh that we're uh, going to like he wants us all like to set and team protect and help each other uh when our pass protection so it starts with the tackles, uh, helping the guards, and then the guards helping the center. A so.
0: domino effect, huh? Yeah. yeah.
2: I remember watching this interview with Devontae Adams. Um, he was basically
1: saying when he comes up to the line of scrimmage, he looks at a cornerback and is like, OK, if he does this, he kind of puts it in the computer. It's like, boop, boop, boop. Like, you know, I'm going to do this, do that. When you're lining up, and the ball
2: is snapped, and it's a pass play or a run play, like, what's your mindset when you're, you know, attacking your block? Uh, really a process, what, what type of play it is. Am I, by my, am I on the man side or the side side? I'm on the man side, I know can't be too aggressive because I know I don't have any help inside. Really, if I'm processing it and I'm on the slide side, I know I can be aggressive, go out there and jump them. And if I do miss or something like that, I got my help on the inside. But from the man side, you know, you gotta be patient with your hands and your feet, uh, get to your spot and then fight from there.
3: Usually when I'm thinking less, I'm doing better. So if I'm not really thinking and just kind of flowing, usually, you know, Brings better results if I start to freak out or <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, process too much. and sometimes you think a little bit, and it happens too quick to think.
0: What is something you do to make sure that it's all in the feel and less in the brain?
3: I do a lot, but I always try to tell the guys on the sideline like we're gonna be right here, mm. like whether there's a good play or a bad play, we're not gonna ride the wave up and down the emotions of the game. We're just gonna try to be steady and do our job, and you know that's what I try to do when I'm out there.
0: Now, it's tough to practice getting beat. So how? What are a couple of things maybe in practice you do to put yourself in those situations?
3: Try to block the Darius Smith and Neil Hunter.
0: <laughs> that, yeah, that works. <laughs>
3: you know, I think it's just never taking a playoff in practice and being able to try to finish. You know, you're going to get put in bad spots even in practice, and if you can, you know, practice being in them in practice, hopefully it'll translate to the game
1: and you'll be able to get out of some. This year, Kirk has really settled down into you know who he is. People are finally. I mean, CD, we saw him with, with your chain on, so there's a different kirk what have you seen for him from him that's kind of helped him relax a little bit more and be himself i really don't think he's changed that much there might be more access to the public of
3: you know him wearing the chains or you know with the shirt tucked in with the (laughs) sweatpants or whatever it is but he's always been kirk to us and you know maybe people are starting to see a little bit more of his personality but i've been fortunate enough to see it for four and a half going on five years now so uh, to me, it's, he's just Kirk. So when I see him do some of these things, it's just it, it's, it's Kirk. Like that's just yeah. it's just him. It doesn't feel any different to me. Um, but I'm glad people are st- starting to see his personality, his true personality, show a little bit.
0: Yeah. I mean, what kind of an effect can that have in a locker room? Seeing it almost feels like people embracing him more.
3: Yeah, for sure. I think you know those things let guys, maybe defensive players or younger players who haven't been around him as much, um, when he's able to have fun with the guys and you know, take the guard down when we're not in the meetings. You know, it might let people see him, you know, on a more personal level where I've been around him long enough in offensive meetings and yeah. in the locker room to know that where everybody else might get a chance to see him now, which is good because it's yeah. great for the team.
0: And it all started with the CD chain, <laughs> huh? Yeah. It all started, no, I'm, I'm teasing. And that was that was really nice, though. I mean, did you design that yourself?
2: Yeah, so my jeweler, well, I just wanted, like, my logo on, on a pendant. Okay. And my jeweler, he had the spinner to it, so yeah. – you kind nice of yeah, so I felt heavy. Like, is it really? <laughs> oh, it is. I put it on after Kirk. I was like, I can only wear
3: this for <laughs> Man, about ten minutes. You
0: didn't go viral though. What's up with that? Nah, there Kirk was no director. videos. To be
1: <laughs> Man, style means a lot to you. I mean, I see you in a different swag every game. I mean, I feel like you don't see many offensive linemen dress up as much as Christian does like what does that style come from is that something that you've always been rooted in uh how you how you play is
2: how you how you look is how you play that's how i feel how you look look good play good yeah okay. i bring that swagger
0: feel like that might have been a little slight up brian <laughs> <laughs>
2: You see the uh, Jason Kelsey
3: quote? Like, I don't play dress. <laughs> yeah. I play football.
1: I'm on the Jason Kelsey
0: train. That's I play right. football.
1: As long as neither one of you guys are giving up sacks, that's, that's all that matters. And uh, just just understanding that I, I've always wanted to ask you guys this question is, you know, when it comes to, you know, run blocking and pass blocking, how, how much of it is reactive versus proactive when you try
2: to fit both of those into uh, that that mode? I sometimes feel like pass blocking you're going backwards and like they're running towards you. It's kind of like harder to I like, I feel like run blocking is way easier than pass blocking for so sure. I'd rather run the ball than pass the ball any time But when you pass the ball, I know what you got to do and get the job done. Why is that? Because you're you being more aggressive in the run game okay. and there's like less a like limited amount for mistakes and in the pass game You make a mistake you end up in the sack force fumble or anything like that
0: with a record at what you guys are What do you hope to see? in this Commanders game. As you head into November, these teams, their records are a little bit better than what you've seen previously. So it might get a little bit harder. Everyone's starting to get banged up. What do you hope to see in Washington as you guys take a step forward?
3: I hope to see a win. Yeah. You know, we talked about it. I think our best game's still out there as a team um, in terms of all three phases playing at a really high level, offense, defense, and special teams. Um, seems like every game we've had, either one or two of the units playing at a really high level. And everybody's had their turn at kind of carrying us and it'd be pretty cool to see if all three units can execute and play at a really high level because
1: I think we'll be a really, really hard team to beat if that's the case. Is there a game or a quarter that that stands out that you can say, okay, this is is who we can be, that that everything was just clicking on all cylinders? I mean, probably week one was the best
3: overall, just most dominating performance.
1: Why is that? Just
3: every unit played at a really high level.
1: To come out here and execute a game plan almost near I mean near flawless I mean it was near flawless execution so I got to give a hat tip to this entire organization for what a what an opening day.
0: The audience at home may not know this about you guys but the offensive linemen are kind of the most festive guys <laughs> in the building we just had Halloween we now have Thanksgiving I saw Josh Sokol in the hallway for about uh, eight hours yesterday. I might be underselling that, <laughs> overselling that, yeah. decorating. What, what, how did this start, Brian? Cause you've obviously been here longer. How did this all start?
3: Um, I don't know if I'm at liberty to say about, <laughs> <laughs> about the decorations, but, um, it was a tradition that was started by Tony Sperano, the O-line coach, yeah. that, uh, you know, sadly passed away right before training camp in 2018. And it was his favorite thing to decorate the room for Halloween, Thanksgiving and Christmas. Um, so I did it as a rookie and guys have been doing it as a rookie ever since
0: yeah, yeah, they uh, worked really hard I think it was a really interesting Halloween decoration. They took a, a more gory route, which I thought was fun Again, interesting. And
1: then you look at Thanksgiving, and it's like, oh, wow, this is very, I mean, it's like the complete opposite. Yeah. And Christian, you helped decorate it last year
2: since you were a rookie, right? They, they blew us out the water, though. Really? <laughs> Their decorations are way better than me and my I
0: think the thing year. that gets me is the cinnamon smell that the Thanksgiving room yeah. now yeah. is. Yeah. Like, it now comes scented, right. which is incredible. Yeah.
1: Who thinks of all this? We I, were trying to get Josh to bring a live turkey in. <laughs> he did, actually. Oh, he so then he has, he has, like, a fake turkey, right? Yeah. Okay. And I think is like three foot tall he said dude if I bring a, tur- a live
0: turkey
3: in here it's the last day I ever step foot in
0: the building. <laughs> <laughs> might be true about that but it still looks great we love you guys sense of humor and how much fun you- it seems like your group is having on a consistent basis
1: uh, and I'm assuming when it gets to Christmas have you guys already started thinking about the next like holiday like how, how does oh, that they work don't have to guys? worry about yes. it that's the great oh, part so now you- oh, right just, wow. we just show up on the first every yeah. month and that's nice it's there Outside of a win, Christian, I'm gonna end it with this. Outside of a win, what what are you looking forward to?
2: What are you most looking forward to about going home and not playing against your hometown team? Uh, That's really probably the biggest thing, and been seeing all my family and friends uh, that I haven't seen in a while. My first time going back home probably in over uh, over a year, so it's gonna be fun just being around them um, before the game and then after the game. If Anybody to get anything from this message, let's get a win
1: for Christian Like We want to be 7-1, more important, that's the most important thing, but it's always good when you have a couple of guys going back home, being able to see their family, and not playing the game game that they love. And With that said, uh, for Christian Derisaw, Brian O'Neill, and Tatum Everett, my name is Gabe Henderson. Thank you guys again for tuning into another edition of The Audible, presented by 3M.
2: Thank
0: you for joining us for this week's episode of The Audible. The Audible is presented by 3M, the official science partner of the Minnesota Vikings.